The Bible Study Podcast, episode 485. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Proverbs with chapter 23. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're continuing on with chapter 23. We've got 35 new Proverbs, but they're all part of that 30 sayings of the wise. We're going to be doing sayings 7 through 19. And I'll read them as sayings. Saying 7 goes, When you sit to dine with a ruler, note well what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. Do not crave his delicacies, for that food is deceptive. This is not a proverb that is really encouraging you to commit suicide. What it's saying, though, is there is some danger here. When you are sitting with a ruler, when you're sitting with somebody who's rich, you have this temptation to crave, to desire what they have, to basically uh, think that the most important thing is to be like them, to have the kind of money they have or the kind of power they have. We still have that today. It might be that we are picking up the gossip magazines because we want to be like that rich and famous or, or powerful person. But it's saying there's a trap there. And in terms that we use elsewhere, that is not the right path for us necessarily. Saying number eight, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they surely will sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. And that's why in saying number seven, we're supposed to not be, not crave the delicacies of the riches that riches are fleeting. Riches can go away. It's not where you put your trust. Nor do you put your trust in your own cleverness, but we should put our trust instead in God. Saying number nine, do not eat the food of a begrudging host. Do not crave his delicacies, for he is the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the little you have eaten and will have wasted your compliments. If you think about this, this is the kind of place that you go and you feel guilty for everything you eat because you know that it wasn't given in generosity, right? That the person said, take all of this, but every time you eat, it's hurting them a little. Certainly, we're not supposed to be that kind of host, but also, doesn't that sound like a meal that would just be horrible to be part of? This just sounds like a situation to avoid. Saying number 10, do not speak to fools, for they will scorn your prudent words. I just hear the voice of somebody in my head saying, don't waste your breath. This is kind of what this is saying is there are people who don't listen. There are people sometimes who need to listen, really, really need to listen. If they don't listen, they're going to pay for it, but they don't. They just don't. This is saying it's not you. There are some people who won't learn by others' mistakes. They've got to make their own mistakes, and hopefully they'll learn from that, and sometimes not. Saying 11, do not move an ancient boundary stone or encroach on the fields of the fatherless, for their defender is strong. He will take up their case against you. So we talked about God's love for the powerless, for the poor, in this case, for the orphan. We're not moving an ancient boundary stone. Again, we're not cheating. We're not pretending that that land is our land. To encroach on the fields of the fatherless, if you think about it, this is somebody who has no protector. And so you're picking on them because you're thinking they don't have a defender. And what the proverb is saying is their defender is strong. Their defender is God, and he will take up 
their case against you. You don't want that. Saying number 12, apply your heart to instruction in your ears to words of knowledge. And isn't that really what all of Proverbs is about? Think about learning. Think about gaining wisdom. Concentrate on that. Focus on, in the situation you are in, however you got there, what can you learn from it? Saying number 13, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Again, the discipline here in Proverbs is tends towards corporal punishment for sure, but the idea here is that discipline in all its forms is to prevent something worse. Discipline itself may not be fun for anybody, but it beats leading an undisciplined life by a long shot. Saying number 14, my son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad indeed. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. It's kind of the opposite of 13. It's to take joy in when we see wisdom developing in our children. And I think that there is two interesting things about this. One is, this is the writer of Proverbs talking to his son, talking to his child, and rejoicing, recognizing the right behavior and rejoicing. And I think that is something we really, really need to do with our children, with those people who we're in authority over, is recognize and and acknowledge the right behavior. Discipline is not the only way to encourage the correct behavior. Saying number 15, do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. It can be easy sometimes to think, why don't I just cheat like everybody else? Why don't I just do what they're doing? They seem to be getting away with it. It seems to be doing for their benefit. Why don't I just do what everybody else is doing? And the proverb here is saying, you know, that might be true. In the short term, sinners prosper. It's just true. But be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There's a future hope for you. There's a hope that will not be cut off. There's a hope that will last. This is a long-term investment game. This is the difference between investing and putting your money on black and the roulette table. You will see that sometimes people will win if they put their money on 21 on the roulette table. But the odds are against you, and eventually you're going to lose everything. Saying 16, listen, my son, and be wise, and set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Again, we have that theme here in Proverbs about path, are you on the right path? And two of those things that it says are detours from the right path are drunkenness and gluttony. Focusing on sensual pleasures, those things that make us happy in the short term but aren't necessarily good for us. And drunkenness and gluttony are certainly two examples of that. Saying number 17, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. Be a credit to your parents. Right? Be someone who, who when your name comes up, 
your parents are proud. Saying number 18, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. For an adulterous woman is a deep pit and a wayward wife is a narrow well. Like a bandit, she lies in wait and multiplies the unfaithful among men. Solomon has some problems here with the adulterous women. And Solomon did have problems. Solomon ended up with quite a lot of wives and wives that took his heart away from God. What he's saying here is there are traps. And sometimes those traps are other people and they're just really and completely intentional. That not everybody is out for your best interest. And some of those traps look really, really, really good. And that's what he's thinking of when he says the adulterous woman. He's thinking of that temptation that really seems attractive, that really seems like you're going to enjoy that. But a, but it's a pit. It's a trap. It's not going to lead you where you want to go. Saying 19, who has woe, who has sorrow, who has strife, who has complaints, who has needless bruises, who has bloodshot eyes, Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine, do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see straight sights, and your mind will imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping in the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me, but I didn't feel it. When will I wake up so I can find another drink? This person has a problem. This person has a problem with alcohol. Obviously, when they have the needless bruises and the bloodshot eyes, they're falling down drunk. And it's, again, that sensual pleasures, that drunkenness, that this person, though, is actually sleeping in the high rigging, which is a bad idea. I don't know if you've thought about that, but when you fall asleep in the high rigging, you're likely to fall and die. And that's really what the proverb is talking about is that when we get stuck in the bottom of the bottle of wine or the pills or the drugs or the anything that is confusing our brain chemistry, it's not going to make us wise and it's not going to lead to good things. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.